I hope you all had a happy new year. I had a happy new year. Stayed, stayed up to 12.02. So I, uh, I made it. Um, and uh, I'm amazed at how many people are here today. I thought it would be me and the band and uh, maybe Ryan to, uh, to do the sound, but there are a lot of people here today. So, um, and one baby, as you can hear. <laughs> uh, so it's great. It's great to have you all here. And as I said, we're going to have some lessons um, read. And the first one is going to be um, Dan. Dan is going to read from us Galatians 4. Four through seven. Come on up. We're ready. All right. Happy New Year, everyone. My name is Dan, and I'm a grateful believer. This is Galatians uh, chapter four, verses four through seven. But when the right time came, God sent His Son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent Him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law, so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father, now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. Thank you, Dan. A very important uh, verse for us. Um, No longer slaves, but children of God. And this also, in the church year, is when we celebrate, um, after Christmas, what happened to the baby Jesus. And uh, to read that story is Lois. And so I'll call Lois up to read the um, from Matthew 2. Matthew 2, verses 13 through 23, The Escape to Egypt. After the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother, the angel said. Stay there until I tell you to return, because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. That night, Joseph left for Egypt with the child and Mary, his mother, and they stayed there until Herod's death. This fulfilled what the Lord had spoken to the prophet, I called my son out of Egypt. Herod was furious when he realized that the wise men had outwitted him. He sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under, based on the wise men's report of the star's first appearance. Herod's brutal action fulfilled what God had spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. A cry was heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning. Rachel weeps for her children, refusing to be comforted, for they are dead. When Herod died, the angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Get up, the angel said. Take the child and his mother back to the land of Israel, because those who are trying to kill the child are dead. So Joseph got up and returned to the land of Israel with Jesus and his mother. 
But when they learned that the new ruler of Judah was Herod's son, Arsculus, he was afraid to go there. Then, after being warned in a dream, he left for the region of Galilee. So the family went and lived in a town called Nazareth. This fulfilled what the prophet had said, he will be called a Nazarene. Thank you. And I think for the next reading, we have some slides from uh, Ecclesiastes 3. Yes, on uh, the Church Bible, page 552, and you can see the pages for the Recovery Bible as well. We're also going to have it up on the screen. Uh, no? Okay. So... Um, if you want to uh, read along with us, Linda is going to come, along, come up and uh, read from Ecclesiastes 3. I'm sure these uh, passages are going to be familiar to you. For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to turn away, a time to search and a time to quit searching, a time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be quiet and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. The theme for today is uh, time if you hadn't uh, gathered that. And in the, it's an appropriate theme for this um, New Year's Day. New Year's, and we're talking about time, hence the lessons, all of them have something to do with time. And I think they all say that time can be our friend and time can also be our enemy. And don't we know it? Personally, 2023 will be a year that I'll be retiring. Oh, Yay! <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's some smart Alex in every bunch. Um, because I'll be 66 years old. Um, I'll still be working part-time here. Um, time for fun, relax, relaxation though. Um, but I've also got some, some issues in my life. My neurologist says there may be some concerns. And so I want to enjoy life for a while too. None of us knows how many years 
that we're going to have. How many of you got to return home to the holidays? Couple? Couple? Maybe your home is home for the holidays with all the kids and the grandkids at your house celebrating Christmas. That's cool. Maybe home is your forever family, you know, the church. For some, some of us, that's, that's family. Maybe home is with your homies. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell that uh, that's not my culture, but for, for some it is. Um, no matter what your circumstance, though, we all have this yearning at this time of the year to be at home. Home is that place where you belong, a place where we're understood, a place where we are loved. Maybe it was finally time this year to go home. You've all probably seen the movie Christmas Vacation. It's one of my favorite movies. It's it's one you know with Chevy Chase in it, who puts up so many uh, lights on his house that it breaks the grid in the entire uh, city, and all the lights go out. Um, for Christmas, Aunt Bethany and cantankerous Uncle Lewis arrive. Both Clark's and Ellen's parents arrive for Christmas, but their bickering um, quickly begins to become annoying. Clark, though, however, um, remains to have this positive attitude and is determined to have an old-fashioned family Christmas. Ellen's cousin Catherine and her redneck husband Eddie arrived unannounced with their children, Rocky and Ruby Sue, and their pet Rottweiler Snots. <laughs> Later, um, Eddie admits that they're living in the RV in which they arrived. After a disastrous Christmas Eve dinner, during which Aunt Bethany's cat is electrocuted. You remember that scene? Sorry, cat lovers out there. <laughs> Especially Dean, I'm, I'm looking at right now. Um, and Uncle Lewis accidentally burns down the Christmas tree while lighting his cigar. Clark has finally had enough. And he loses it. I love the movie because I can see a, a bit of my Christmas past at, um, at our house when I was growing up. It reminded me of um, all of the unresolved issues that were swept under the carpet. The relationships that were broken. All the times we struggled to tell one another, I love you. It was just so hard to do. Why? Because of all the garbage. 
all of the hard feelings that, that got in the way. But now, now fast forward to the present. After a lot of time, sadly after mom and dad have died, something has changed. You start to realize the shortness of time that we have on this earth and that, folks, we're just passing through. And life's too short to hold grudges and withhold hugs to those people that we love. And it's no wonder the holidays can be such a disappointment. Have you noticed that? Afterwards, we build it up and then it's disappointment. Seems like when I was a child, I just wasn't aware of all of the bitterness and the resentments that were floating around. Things seemed much simpler then. There was um, focus of Christ, his presence in the presence that go unopened. The greatest gift of all time that was given at Christmas and in so many people's lives just isn't opened. Not everyone gets to be home for the holidays, though I think of Mary and Joseph on that first Christmas who weren't able to be with their family. Jesus was born, and they were miles and miles and miles from their home. They were in the southern province of Judea, 65 miles south of their home in um, Nazareth. And according to St. Matthew, they couldn't even go home after the census had been taken, but they had to fled all the, flee all the way to Egypt to save that, their baby's life. And they stayed there for two years until politically things changed in Judea. Let's consider for a moment the family of Mary and Joseph. Um, at Christmas, I guess you would call it, the birth of Jesus, they did all right. They got gold and frankincense and myrrh, uh, right? But I guarantee you that it wasn't Santa Claus that brought these expensive gifts. It was the three wise men led by God to that manger by a star, miraculously. And the gifts they bought, brought were very, very important. 2,000 years ago, the gold was worth about $600 a pound. Frankincense was valued at $500 a pound. And myrrh went for about $4,000 a pound. So these were uh, valuable, valuable gifts. Today the gold would have set the wise men back about $6,000 of frankincense and myrrh though, only about 15 bucks each. Interesting. 
the Magi celebrated the Christ child with the most valuable items in the ancient world. Not just monetarily, but medicinally as well. You see, frankincense was used to cure everything from bad breath to skin infections. Scientists today have discovered that it can be used as an antiseptic, antifungal, and even for lung infections and asthma. Myrrh was used to embalm the dead. It was also a cure for diaper rash and baldness. Gold, as we know, has always been thought of to be one of nature's most perfect substances and gold injections help people with rheumatoid arthritis. So valuable gifts for this poor, poor family who were on the run. We read in today's gospel lesson that just after the wise men disappeared into the night, an angel of the Lord came around um, and told them that they had to go, that the baby was in danger. This time the message was urgent. And instead of giving, giving this child a, a chance to settle down in a quiet little home, the angel sends them packing. And without hesitation, Joseph turns away from his homeland, his family, his livelihood as a carpenter, and goes underground. The extravagant presence of the Magi truly are great gifts of great use. They can sell some of these things even for money. Matthew shows that uh, Jesus' early childhood, if you think about it, was a very transient childhood. They were always on the run for the first two years his home was everywhere and nowhere. Always the stranger and a newcomer. Able to pick up at a moment's notice and go where he was needed. This was the mark of Jesus' life. Can some of you relate? He would even say later, foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. And it helped him. It helped him to relate to the common person. People like you and me. People who rely on the hospitalities of others to make it in this world. We all do. What would we do without the people around us? Ask anyone who's been out there and moved a lot, and they'll tell you that they're more sensitive, though, to the newcomer, to the homeless, because they know what it feels like. Don't you? 
And there's that place in your heart that reaches out and helps when you see someone else in need. But mostly I think that that lifestyle um, that Jesus led helped him to become a man of faith. To trust Jesus, no matter, to trust God, no matter where he went, for everything that he needed, despite how everything looked, despite his many needs, despite the, the difficult times in life, despite going to the cross, he always trusted by faith. Secure and loving families are needed at, and especially important, at Christmas. And though some of us may wander away from our homes, we know that as Christians, we are always welcome in the family of God. It was, as it says in Galatians, at just the right time that God sent his son to make us God's children, to be invited into the family of God and have him in our hearts. I'd like to read you, in conclusion, a letter from a son who couldn't make it home to be with his father at Christmas. It goes, Dear Father, Merry Christmas. What a wonderful time of the year. There's joy in the air and peace on earth. People are filled with anticipation and excitement as the blessed day draws near. I've always looked forward to Christmas, to spending time with you at home, my true home. Which brings me to the real reason for this letter. Why I must explain to you, Father, that I won't be home for Christmas this year. Please let me explain. As I write this letter, I'm sitting alone at a small table near a lunch stand at a large shopping mall, watching people as they hurry along to finish their Christmas preparations. But I see more in these people, much more. I see lives that aren't happy, lives that are unfulfilled, lives that are disturbed within, filled with pain, hurt. I see people who are in desperate need of something that only I can give. I see a man and woman sitting at a table across the way holding hands, talking intimately. They're married, but not to each other. They've been meeting like this since last Christmas, trying to find happiness, but their lives are miserable. I must stay this year for them. 
I see young children who are having temper tantrums and screaming at mom and dad because they cannot have a certain toy or treat. No respect, no honor. I see a young woman, a teenager really, who's pregnant. Since she's not married, her life is so hard, so complicated. She needs me now more than ever. I see a mother and father who are very sad, their lives empty because their child died this year. They're so lonely, but I can help them. Same with the man who's getting his exercise, walking in the mall. They look on, the look on his face would appear to anyone else to be one of determination. But I see more. I see anger and bitterness in his heart. Anything but joy and happiness. I see so many people. So many people who are hopeless. Who will go home today to an empty house an empty life, and Christmas will be for them just another day. A day perhaps of ringing bells, a fine feast, delightful smells, but the day after looking, searching, longing, and yet still empty. And that's really the reason I won't be home for Christmas It's because of these people, young and old alike, there's something more I want to give them this Christmas. I long to fill them with joy and bring them the gift of peace that no anxiety has to rule over their lives. I must give them the gift of love this Christmas and give these people something they can truly believe in unlike the toy that will break by week's end or the garment that will be returned. The gift I bring, Father, will last forever but I must give it personally. UPS or FedEx could never deliver such a personal, intimate gift as divine love. I must give a very precious gift for those that I love as much as I love you. I must give my life that they may really have life and have it abundantly. That's why I won't be home this Christmas. Next Christmas, perhaps I'll be home next Christmas. Only you know the time and the day and when I come I'll bring with me those who have received the Christmas gift that I offer through my life my death and my resurrection from the grave and until then I'll be thinking of you as I continue to bring your gift to all the world I love you Father signed Jesus They say time heals all wounds. What wounds and bitterness and resentments are there still that still may be lingering out there? 
that are preventing healing between you and a friend or family member, between you and God. Second Peter 3, 8 and 9 says, But you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise to return. As some people think, no, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anybody to be destroyed, but he wants everyone to be saved. But the day of the Lord will come unexpectedly like a thief in the night. There's still time. There's still time to welcome Christ into our hearts this new year. Amen.